this guy. Put that on. Alright. Is this good to go? It's all good. Yep. Alright. Morning, everybody. That was my fluff for Pat. She complains there's not enough fluff around here, so that's all you get today, Pat. <laughs> uh, actually, it's great to be together. Uh, we've had a busy week. We finally uh, had an agreement on a house, so we're actually going to be living here. So uh, that's all good. I remember Rudman, when he came up to Detroit from Florida, he was a scrawny little guy back then. And uh, he, he said he's been eating, and uh, he's got to be pumping a little iron, too, don't you think, bro? Yeah, yeah. Uh, one other little uh, service announcement here, and I'm going to look straight at the camera. In case Emily's mom and dad, Wes and Ingrid Becton, are watching, uh, Wes and Ingrid are some of our very best friends. Uh, our daughter used to babysit Emily. And uh, so, Wes, Ingrid, we're like the, uh, the spies that went into the land. Everything's cool, and now you should come on over as well. So. All right. <laughs> uh, great. I, uh, I understood that uh, when we were taking up for our Baltic Nordic Missions Association, a collection for the Ukrainian refugees, you guys contributed to that, and I just wanted to say thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart. It was so encouraging. Once the war started, uh, right now we have probably about 250 Ukrainian refugees that have made their way into the Baltic states of Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. And uh, obviously, that's a huge influx of people and uh, a lot of needs, mostly women with the children because the men were required to stay back. And so uh, in 10 days, when this first started, I put out an email to all the Baltic Nordic uh, supporting churches in the U.S., and in 10 days, we raised $150,000. And we've been able to distribute that. Amen. You guys were a part of that, and uh, we've been able to distribute that uh, kind of based on the number of refugees that are in each of the cities. A few of them have migrated up to the Nordic countries, but most of them are Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania, and if you could continue to pray for them, that would be fantastic. So I was over there uh, when all this happened just about a month ago. And uh, I was over there, it was supposed to be an eight-day trip, it turned out to be a 19-day trip, because on the last day, you have to uh, go through the COVID testing and all that kind of stuff to get on a plane to come back to America. On the last day when I got the test, I tested positive for COVID. And so for 10 days, I was holed up in a hotel room, and uh, the view out of my window was this unbelievable smokestack from a factory. It was really, really pretty exciting. And uh, so then uh, I thought, man, I am so mad at these Estonians for giving me COVID. But then I started to do the math and work backwards, and I probably got it in Riga, Latvia. So then I was mad at the, uh, the Latvians. So I had all this anger build up inside because I'm holed up inside of this hotel room looking at a smokestack. And, uh, and so then the idea of forgiveness comes to my mind, uh, which we all have to forgive. 
If you look in the Bible from the very beginning in Genesis, you read about Adam and Eve and their sin and how God worked it out not only to redeem them but also to forgive them. And that theme continues all the way from Genesis right on into the end of Revelation when Jesus comes back and is going to take all of us that are faithful with him uh, because of the forgiveness. And right in the middle of this whole story of the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, we have uh, the whole embodiment of what forgiveness is all about with Jesus going to the cross, dying for our sin before we even realized we had sin, and before he, there was any awareness that we would even follow him, he died so that we could be forgiven. It's the center focus of all of our lives, of all of humanity, this topic of forgiveness. Amen? Amen. And we're able to be here because of that. Uh, All of us have this ability to forgive as well. Uh, We're all humans, as far as I can tell. Uh, Maybe there's a couple people I I want, uh, no, no, we're all humans in this room. And uh, we are capable of great kindness, like the generosity that overflowed toward these Ukrainian refugees and so many other acts of kindness. I know many of you do things behind the scenes that nobody will ever know, whether it's giving money or helping a hand or whatever it is. We all have this ability to be unbelievably compassionate and kind. But in our same heart, we also have the ability to cause great harm to other people. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, we've all done both. Uh, I know I have, uh, sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally. The good thing about causing harm, you can always be forgiven of that and work towards forgiveness. Uh, Sometimes, uh, you know, the most important kind of forgiveness is forgiving ourselves for some of the things that we've allowed ourselves to do. So over this last two-year period, it's been kind of an interesting time. It's not been normal at all. I'm uh, 67. Lori's still 67. I'll just leave it at that. Maybe there's a birthday at the end of May, May 24th. Uh, I'm just saying there might be, uh, and then she'll be older than I am again. But I don't ever remember going through a time quite like this. Uh, I was old enough to remember the Vietnam War. I missed the draft by uh, uh, just a couple months, so I wasn't involved in any of that. But right now, these last two years have been kind of crazy. We've been isolated from each other to a certain degree. We've had COVID hit. We've had a lot of racial tension in our country. We've had uh, the most contentious political election that maybe the U.S. has ever seen last uh, couple years ago. Then we have the politics involved in all of that. We have COVID round two, three, four, whatever round we're on right now. Now we have more politics going on. Now we have the mask mandates, non-mandates, mask rules, Can we meet? Can we not meet? All of this starts to happen. And a lot of times we forget about being Christians only and we start to form these unbelievable opinions that if we're not careful, our opinions become our truth. And that isn't the case at all. Uh, I have a lot of opinions and I would bet 
many of you would agree with the opinions that I carry, but I bet many of you would not agree with my opinions. Just like I would agree with many of yours, but I would also disagree with many of yours. And what a foolish thing to allow to come into a group of Christians where our opinions actually determine our relationships with one another. Uh, A lot of times we've caused harm, just like this picture shows, because of being so staunch in our opinions, and we've also done the opposite, shown great kindness, compassion, and patience when we don't necessarily agree with somebody else's opinion, and we have to work through all of that. So, uh, I want us to think about this whole topic of forgiveness today. And uh, let's, let's start in the Bible. It's usually a good place to start, right? Otherwise, it's just an opinion. <laughs> so in Matthew chapter 6, in, uh, in the beginning of this uh, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about a lot of things. This is his first public address, but it's not to say that he wasn't preaching and teaching prior to that. But he's talked about earlier about being merciful, about anger, about reconciliation, about not retaliating, and even the, maybe the boldest statement of all is loving your enemies. When I was over in the Baltics and I was able to meet face to face with these Ukrainian women and some of the older children, there were a few men there elderly people that were part of the church in Kiev and other places. Uh, I tried to be incredibly compassionate and kind, but as opportunities presented itself, I also talked to him about you can't hate the Russians because of what they're doing to your country right now. And it's so easy to lump everybody into one category when you feel pain and hurt because of somebody else's words or actions. And so Jesus, knowing what humanity is all about, taught considerably about this very topic. In the middle of the Lord's Prayer, in verse 21, or verse 12, He says, uh, Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors, and lead us not in temptation, deliver us from the evil one. And then it says, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Your salvation, my salvation, is partly dependent on our ability and our desire to be forgiving people. That's what Jesus said right here. If we forgive, we will be forgiven. If we do not forgive, then we will not be forgiven. This is one of the clearest statements about salvation that Jesus has given, and one of the easiest to understand, but yet at the same time, one of the hardest to actually carry through. Because our feelings often lead us down a path that leads towards anger, resentment, and so many other things. And it's so hard to be able to do this on a consistent basis, but nonetheless, God is calling us to be forgiving people. 
Look in uh, Matthew chapter 18. Earlier on in verse 15, he talks about if your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault just between the two of you. I've experienced over the years that people that follow that simple practice, that when you feel something towards another individual, if you have an honest, heartfelt, humble conversation with that person, nine times out of ten, you're going to get it worked out. And you're going to go on and you're going to be closer friends as a result. But it's also one of those principles that Jesus gave us that I feel like most Christians shy away from. They do the exact opposite, that if somebody hurts me, I'm going to talk to somebody else about the hurt that they caused rather than going to them individually and dealing with it that way. As Jesus finished that, he says some things beginning in verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but seventy-seven times. The Jews required a total of three times that you forgive a person. And so when Jesus talks about seven times or seventy-seven times, He's talking about going above and beyond what the law requires in order to capture the heart that he himself has and that Jesus demonstrated while he was on this earth. This, in the older translations of the Bible, actually says 70 times 7 rather than 77. Uh, We don't have time to get into apocalyptic numerology and literature and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, But let's just say, for the sake of uh, argument here, Jesus is not talking about a distinct number. He's talking about forgiveness that is actually unlimited. We go above and beyond, that it's not measured. So Lori and I have been married 42 and a half years. That's 510 months we've been together. We've been together longer than that, but officially, as husband and wife, 510 months. So let's say she sins against me once a month, sometimes more than that. Uh, I sin against her once a month, many times more than that. Uh, Most unintentional, but uh, occasionally, you know, you know how to get to somebody, don't you? You know the right word to say the right look to give, the right response to make, uh, to get under somebody's skin. So that's, uh, that, that means that we've forgiven each other, bare minimum, 510 times over these 42 and a half years. So if we do the math using the older translations of the Bible, 70 times 7 is 490. So that means a long time ago, we've already fulfilled our obligation of forgiveness for each other. Like, dear, I'm done. I've put in my time, I've given you my forgiveness, and uh, I get a free pass from here on out. 
Now, how do you think the rest of our marriage would go if we adopted that pos- po- uh, policy? It, it wouldn't be great, would it? Uh, we may not make it to 43. I'm pretty sure we will, but if we take that position, all things are off the table. Same thing with all of us in this room. We are obligated to not only talk to an individual, but to forgive each other unlimited amounts of time if we are to be like Jesus. Many times, our opinions that have been expressed have caused damage between disciples. And this is not with the Grand Rapids Church. I'm just kind of getting to know you guys, so I'm not talking about anything specific here or anyone specific here. I do know that uh, before moving here, Lori and I led the Milwaukee Church, 250 members, and uh, there's a lot lot of work that goes on in that. All this stuff that's happened in the last two years, There were a lot of opinions expressed, a lot of hurts, and a lot of uh, pains that were generated from one disciple to another. And we've tried to preach pretty consistently and thoroughly that we do not let our opinions be our truth, that when things come up, you talk to the individual. When people come to us and say, I've got this problem with this person, and they say, Did you, uh, they say uh, what are you going to do about it? Uh, my first response is, what have you done about it? Have you talked to that individual? And eight times out of ten, the answer is no. And so we always send them back for that initial conversation. So we had issues, just like I'm sure you have issues, but I would say that in those two-year periods, there was only one couple that left the Milwaukee Church, because of opinions. There were others that left just because of sin, immorality and other things, but only one couple left because they couldn't reconcile their opinions with accepting everybody equally. That says a lot about that group of people. I'm so proud of the brothers and sisters that are over there. And so we have this obligation to forgive unlimited. Look at the end of Matthew chapter 18. Pat, this part is not fluff. (laughs) Then the master called the servant in, you wicked servant, he said, I canceled all your debt, all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In his anger, or in anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. It's a requirement that God has for a normal group of Christians that we exercise this kind of forgiveness towards one another. And not just towards one another, but towards everybody else on the outside. It's so easy to turn on a newscast. Uh, I guess there's these things called podcasts. Uh, I thought those pods were, you know, stuff you put in your dishwasher. uh, But I guess they're actually things that you can listen to. Uh, So many things on the World Wide Web. 
Uh, I've threatened many times disciples in Milwaukee that we were going to take their fingers away from them unless they stop posting ridiculous things that only divide people instead of unite people. Not literally, but in my heart I would like to. (laughs) Uh, You know, what, what difference does it make what your opinion is if it's going to divide half of the congregation. And we could probably do that in this room. People that lean toward the left, people that lean toward the right, people that feel this strongly, feel that strongly. We could easily divide ourselves if we just let that rule in our hearts. And so God says, hey, we've got to forgive each other. Sometimes it's not easy. There's a few people over the years that I would feel like Lori and I are not reconciled with, but not because we don't want to be. There's a couple people that I feel like they never realized the hurt that they caused us. This goes back many years. And somewhere along the way, we just realized we're never going to get an apology from them. And so am I going to base my future happiness on whether or not I get an apology from somebody that doesn't even believe that they hurt us. I would guess there's people in this room where you've got some things like that. Maybe it's a brother or a sister. Maybe it's a family member, a mother, a father, a brother or a sister, where forgiveness is still required for us to stay strong and make it spiritually. Amen? So then, you know, there's some other examples up there on the screen. Uh, one time in Luke chapter 17, Jesus says, you've got to forgive them seven times in a day. And their response was one of the best ones in all the Bible. Lord, increase our faith. I don't know if I can do that. Uh, there was uh, a theologian. Actually, he uh, got his degree at Calvin University a long time ago, back in the 40s, I believe it was. And uh, one of the things that he talked about is how not forgiving others actually damages us more than it punishes the other individual. He had this great quote, it went something like this, if you forgive, you set a prisoner free only to find out that the prisoner was you. It's a horrible place to be where you're all locked up because there's no forgiveness with another individual. Husbands and wives, parents and children, children with parents, whatever it is, uh, we've got to get good at forgiving. If we don't, we live with this low-grade bitterness, anger. Sometimes it turns into rage. And we're always suspicious, always on guard when somebody new comes into our lives. You might feel that way about Lori and me popping into church. Who are these weirdos that have come here for the last three weeks? Are they staying? Are they leaving? Uh, Well, right now, we're here till we die, but that's what I say every time we make a move. Uh, This is our 18th move since uh, going into the ministry in 1983, I guess it was. Uh, Yeah, that was a while ago. Many of you weren't even a thought back then. (laughs) Uh, 
But I, I say if we live a life of forgiveness, then we don't have to be locked up by all these things that are listed right there. We don't have to live that way. We can live a life with forgiveness where we are open to new relationships. We do have this level of trust and we do believe the best in each other that my first reaction to when I hear something from another individual is not judging them and accusing them, but rather trying to find out what did they really mean by that. I can't tell you how many times I've hurt Lori's feelings over the years, and I never intended to do it. It was not in my heart, it was not my desire, but there was something that I said that she took in a particular way. Now, I could have one or two choices. I can be defensive and say, grow up, get over it. That's just the way I am. We've been married for 42 years. You should know that by now. Or I could log that away in my mind, and I can say the same thing, but say it differently, and there's a whole nother reaction that comes my way. Same with disciples. We do have to learn how to communicate with one another, Uh, as people require that. All of us have to be committed to being like Christ, having a thick skin at times. Jesus got a lot of accusations and insults, but you never see him lashing out in anger or saying, forget this cross thing, I'm not doing that. The way you guys treated me, there's no way I'm dying for you. Instead, we give each other the benefit of the doubt, believe the best in each other, and try to work it out before it turns into something cancerous. Just a little over a year ago, my uncle passed away. I think I shared that with you at one time. And uh, it started out, he had a polyp in his colon, and it was in between the times of regular scheduled testing. And next thing you know, it turns into a tumor, which starts to... Uh, go outside of the colon and then eventually it's throughout his body and eventually it took his life. Uh, It didn't get treated quickly when it was small to no fault of his own. It was just it just happened. Uh, The same thing happened to me when I was in Detroit a number of years ago. Went in for the usual test that all brothers should get tested for at the proper time. And there was a polyp about the size of my thumb. And uh, fortunately, it was all contained within the polyp. But had that not been treated and extracted, it would have killed me eventually. This is what unforgiveness does to a human being. It's like this little polyp of cancer that if you don't get it out of your soul, out of your heart, it's eventually going to spread and take over other things. I'm convinced there's people in the Grand Rapids Church that have left because they could not learn how to forgive. And not just Grand Rapids, but in every church in our fellowship, there's people that leave because they don't know how to work through toward forgiveness. I want to share a picture with you. This is one of some of our uh, good friends from our time when we led the Cincinnati Church back in the 90s, Pete and Judy McCreary. Uh, some of you may know Pete and Judy. They were uh, good friends of ours. They'd been in the ministry. Uh, Pete had been an administrator. He'd been on the board. 
Pete was the real deal as a Christian. I mean, he's not pretentious. It's not a show. It's not an act. He's, He's the real deal. Genuine Christian. Judy's the same way. For a long time, they couldn't have children. And then eventually, they adopted a couple kids. And like people that adopt, it's like all of a sudden they start having their own kids and then they end up with four you know and great kids uh so a few years ago pete was coming home from work he had a motorcycle and uh, he was stopped at a red light went through when it turned green and some young guy that was texting hit pete on the motorcycle and he died right in the intersection Just like that. Husband wiped out. Father of four, no longer there for his children. A church that he was very integral in the workings of the Cincinnati church. In an instant, all of that was gone. The trial came along, and the young man was found guilty, obviously. And then it was time for the impact statements to be made, typically what happens at the end of a trial before sentencing. And Judy and all of the kids got up to share about her husband and their father. And one by one, they all looked at this young man and they said, we just want you to know we forgive you. We don't believe you did this intentionally, We know you made a bad mistake. Pray that you learn from it, but we're not holding anything ill toward you. Amazing, isn't it? The judge actually stopped the proceedings because he was so emotionally taken back by all of this and then reconvened. Another thing that Judy said, we hope that he doesn't get the maximum sentence there's an example of people living the Christian life that experienced a tragedy probably more than anything that any of of us in this room have done to each other and they were able to forgive because they're Christians and so if Blaze lips off at me calls me a bum Tells me I'm a jerk. Just kidding. I like Blaze. But let's say that happens. If Judy and her kids could forgive this guy that took their father and husband away, don't you think I would be able to work things through with him? And I don't know who's watching online, but if some of you out there used to be a part of the church, There's always a way to come back in. There is forgiveness here. I would say uh, for all of us, all of this requires a humongous amount of humility, which is required for forgiveness to take place. Think of the humility that God demonstrated by allowing his son to come down to this polluted world. And think of the humility of Jesus, even as he was nailed to the cross, looking down at the people that were mocking him. And he said simply to them, Father,
forgive them, for they know not what they do. Somebody said, I don't know who it was, I'm going to take credit for it, because I don't have an author uh, reference for it. But when we, are forget, when we forgive, we are the most like God that we've ever been. It is the essence of God's character. His love, compassion, mercy, all leads to the point of forgiveness for you and I that have strayed from Him. And now that we're in His church, we've been forgiven of all that, and we'll be forgiven of everything else that we ever do as long as we walk on the straight and narrow path. And then when we extend this forgiveness to one another, we are the most like God that will ever be. So, it always starts with a process. Is there someone right now that you know in your heart that you have ill feelings towards where there is not forgiveness? And I would take it a step farther. Is there somebody that you know that feels like you're the one that has caused that pain even though in your mind you may think you haven't. But is there someone, past or present, I would guess if we made a list, most of us would have at least one person, maybe two, maybe we've already wiped that list out, but at some point there's somebody else that's going to pop up on that list. And then, honestly, what is preventing you or me from working through all of that and taking the step toward forgiveness. So, that's all I've got for you. Uh, that's enough. Pat, sorry, it didn't end fluffy, but uh, it can be a fluffy ending if we all put this topic of forgiveness into practice. Uh, we're going to have Courtney and Alex. I guess we're going to have to forgive them for leaving Grand Rapids. And, could have stayed here, Alex. Uh, but uh, they're going to do communion, and there's probably nothing 